Welcome to Tale of the Veil, vale, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. You guys looked out and saw that frozen landscape, endless tundra in every direction except directly ahead where you saw some mountains and a valley in between. You traveled down that way and you found that there was no end to the snow beneath you. Seeming you were just walking on packed snow. Uh, and you made it down to the river. There were all these caves whistling and you saw eyes peering at you. And this giant fish thing swam under you guys. Um, you guys made it through the valley after having a fight with some harpies and made it to the other side where you saw a little fort made of ice blocks with two Aladrin out front, some winter fort bay. And after them making fun of you for a while and initially seeing you as a threat, but once they realized you were mortals, they were toying around with you, you convinced them very easily to take you to the ice queen. So they led you guys for however long up through the tundra where you were ambushed in a blizzard by a yeti who killed one of the Eladrin and you, you saved the other Eladrin's life. So then his, his tune towards you changed. After that, he led you to the windswept wood, uh, a series of trees bent in all directions by wind. And he told you to light fires because the ice imps could smell your mortal blood from miles around and they would be coming but they're afraid of fire. So you guys made it through the windswept wood all the way to Winter's Maw which was the large skull shaped archway which you headed under and went across the bridge of ice uh, in that swirling torrent chasm below, you guys headed across the bridge to the ice castle. Um, and you guys made it inside and saw a number of weird things. Um, oh yeah, you guys learned about a mysterious character named Old Man Winter. Um, the Aladrin talked about Mab um, not to talk, she's tough on her subjects, but she knows what's best. And uh, she has an affinity for names because she knows their power and she hates discussing things that, well, make her angry. When those things were the uh, summer court and the queen. Thing, well, those were two things that yeah. he mentioned that and then she hates. The, uh, the other guy um, who some believe to be the true ruler of the winter court, and his name was... Old Man Winter. Yeah, Old Man Winter. Old Man Winter. Okay. Yes. But nobody knows where he is. <laughs> Jolly. I bet he's that big fish. Um, <laughs> so you guys went into the castle, and it was made entirely of ice. So you saw hundreds of your reflections in there, and it was kind of lit by a pale light, even though there were no torches inside. Uh, you passed Armored Aladrin with Armored Wolves, Ice Trolls through Twisting Corridors, uh, and you even passed a particular room with a large furry creature hunched over muttering something. 
eventually you were led to a chamber and there was a portal made of solid ice which the Eladrin was able to pass through and you heard a bit of his conversation. Mab was angry at him for one, losing his comrade and also the insult of being saved by mortals. She thought he was unfit to be a soldier, so you, you heard his, uh, his screams. <laughs> Did, didn't he say that we were spies? What did he say about us? Yeah, he, so when he went in there, he said he had brought her, her some intruders that were found sneaking into the winter court. Um, but she said, perhaps I should thank them for ridding me of an incompetent guardsman. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then the, wall, the ice wall crumbled, and she beckoned you. <coughs> she so, beckoned you inside. So when we passed under the Winter's Mall, they said don't light any fire. And yeah. did we feel like an effect when we went under the mall? No, they said just don't do it. No, we're unable. To. Yeah, it said you could. They said you couldn't fire. Like fire cannot exist within the boundaries of. That. Not that like we would get in trouble if we did. If we just that can't. We can't. It's impossible. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's whack. All right. Um. And uh, real quick, because I just personally need this. What is the name of the guy that we're trying to get her to take back again? Kamunga. Kamunga. Thank Kamunga. you. Oh God. So we should not mention Oberyn in any connection to him because yeah. that's who she sent Kamunga to kill in the first place. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you'll have to, you'll have to mention some things, like, yeah. I don't know how, to, I mean, unless you came up with a very intricate lie, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you got the persuasion roll, Drew. Okay, so, I'm need to say this it. is a wild thing to just jump into. Yeah, dude, I, oh god, I'm scared. <sighs> well, you can have a minute to compose. Yeah, well, that's okay, let's, I'm not sure if think. loins can solve this problem. <laughs> I, I don't know, it how do you feel little... about uh, getting a dick sickle? <laughs> oh, thank no. you. Thank <laughs> Quick brainstorm. What are we gonna say? What is our? Uh, 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 okay. What do we have that she might want? That's a good point. We have been trying to figure that out for the past like three section sessions. We don't have anything she wants. I mean, I have the orb of dragonkind still. If yeah, I mean, if it comes to it, that's like a last resort. Yeah, masks are not an option, obviously. You have the rod of charming still, right? Not that that would work, but I believe that I do. It could be a bargaining chip I, of some sort. I I, yeah, I have it written on my thing. So okay, I have it. Okay, you can have it. Sure. I don't want it. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay, we should first just be thankful that we're not dead. Just, like, like, just give her a little bit of praise first, probably. Wait, so the... It's going to be hard for you guys, because you guys are used to kind of demanding what you want and taking it. There's a grovel, <laughs> yeah, like, swine. Edwin's never... To, to, like, being, like, the inferior one. Yeah. So, <laughs> Edwin's never groveled. The ice wall is crumbled. That's, like, where we're at. Yeah, we see. We should not talk first. No. That, okay, I, I I need to say that in a second. No, I agree. We're, We're not name. talking No first. names. What are the code names? What's your code name? Wanderer. Dragon. Chosen. The Chosen. You're right. Okay. Whew. Let's get in there. Okay, and go. All right. What do we see? So, 
guys walk into her chamber. Uh, and you can hear your footsteps echoing on the ice and a little bit of crack crackling underneath your feet as you head inside. And similar to the rest of the castle, the entire interior appears to be made of ice, and but deep within the ice is some sort of stone, sometimes several feet back behind ice, but there's some sort of stone internal structure, and you see that the ice in this chamber is very dark, like black, almost reflective ice, um, and it's shiny, and you can see your image reflected in the walls around you, but it's distorted and twisted, and your faces look kind of warped and strange as you look at yourself, and heading in, you see essentially an open uh, throne chamber, uh, two large pillars of ice coming down on either side of a tall throne with its back going up 30 feet and connecting with the ceiling and becoming part of the wall at the top. Sitting on the throne, you see Mab, the Ice Queen. She's big, uh, probably 12 feet tall, you could guess, but she's sitting currently above you guys. Her skin is pale white, but with sort of bluish undertones to it. Her eyes are solid white, uh, and she has long, straight white hair. Um, she also has what appear to be growing out of her forehead a few icicles shaping themselves into sort of a crown. And then she's wearing sort of a collar of ice and a long black dress as well as a, a necklace. Um, I'll turn that down a little bit. She is beautiful in a sort of a haunting kind of a way. So she's she's attractive to look at, but at the same time she's scary. <laughs> Andrew's going so to that's sort of an idea of what she looks like. Oh, kind of like Tilda Swinton in Chronicles of Narnia. All of you guys are rolling perception checks. Is there stone beneath our feet? You said we could see stone. It's ice. You're walking on ice. Okay. I literally. That's a twenty. Yeah. Okay. Roll start the day. Six. Um, nine. You guys, Six, Edwin, nine. you guys are kind of entranced by her, and you, you almost don't want to look at her, but you can't look at anything else at the same time. Edwin is able to quickly scan the room, and he can see that curled around the back of the throne, sort of its tail at one end and its head at the other, is a large wolf, um, about the size of Kumonga, but this one is white in color. Or do we have a telepathic link connected to Bruno? Uh, no. The wolf has glowing blue eyes, and it's just sort of sitting there, and you can see the steam coming out of its nostrils as it breathes. And then on seeing on seeing the ice queen, uh, Andrew is going to bow. No, it, yeah, okay. same instantly. Um, Edwin kind of like catches himself like watching the wolf, and then immediately snaps out of it and bows. So. You, the three of you bow, and as you do that, um, you can all take notice of in front of the throne there is a figure as well. Um, 
a humanoid about your size, standing there, um, his palms rested on the hilt of a great sword, which is turned upside down, and he's wearing full plate armor, as well as a thick fur cloak uh, behind that. And he's sort of got icicles hanging from the pieces of plate armor, and his blade appears to be the edge of it coated in a thin layer of sharp ice. Uh, and he's just silently standing there. Is the plate armor of, like, material world, like, metals? Uh, it looks like metal, yeah. It looks um, like steel. Is there blood on the sword? Um, is there any remains of the Elijah that walked in here? Roll my perception check. Sure. Can I do the same thing? Yeah. It's cocked. Three. Natural 20. Uh, Talek notices that there's no blood on the blade. Sure. Um, but you can see clearly right in front of you guys is the Eladrin who entered before you guys and he is sort of halfway impaled by ice but also completely frozen over and encrusted in it into a, like a contorted shape and he's and as you do that you notice there are similar shapes dozens and dozens of them on the periphery of the room most of them are humanoids, but some are other cr larger creatures, which are hard to make out underneath their ice shell, but they're sort of all layered around the outskirts of the room. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much everything you see at the moment. Okay. As you enter and bow, she says, How gracious of you, but I must ask, why should I not add the three of you to my collection as well? We come here, O oh great Ice Queen, as simply messengers on behalf of your old servant, Komonga. feel as if I remember the name, but, well, it's been quite a while. Tell me of him. He is who I'm assuming is the other great wolf who was in your service. Well, ah, yes. I remember Kumonga, the sniveling worm who lost Oberon for me. He has sent us here on his behalf. Kumonga has sent you here. I thought I had banished him to the outskirts of the Feywild to starve. Edwin's going to unclip his helmet and take it off. Keep it by his side. Not saying anything yet. Yes, and starving on the outskirts of the Feywild he is. And that is where he will remain. Very well. He did send us here to beg to be taken back into your service. What could an old malnourished wolf do for me? Anybody help? <laughs> I have hundreds <clears throat> of wolves in my service. 
Kumonga was, well, not even in the top tier. What he said to us was that his years in exile and starvation have has honed his allegiance and that he's willing to come back and will fight with our ferocity. I'm he's sure he has always been willing to come back, but you see, you cannot fail me and get away unscathed. His punishment is to starve on the outskirts of the Feywild. That is how it shall stay. <coughs> I take it you know of Oberon. He's told you of him, yes? He did mention that was his quarry. She's inside checking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, All right. 24. And you do know that Oberon was sent here to kill me. We get out of character. We do not know that. We did. We did not know that, did we? Yeah, one's kind of kind of. We didn't pass a gaze between. I don't the think two we of them. knew that. Okay, I will just shake my head now. She sort of half seductively, but not really, lowers her dress, and you see a blackened scar burn in her chest. That's so cool. And she says, "Yes." I'm forever blemished by the light of his arrows. I sent Kumonga to chase him down, hunt him, and drag him back here, preferably alive, but he was bested quite handily by Oberon, and, well, he failed me. This cannot be the only reason you've come. This is not an excuse to intrude upon my kingdom. I would not say this is a reason why I should not add you to my collection. We come because we require something from Komonga, and he would not give it to us yes. unless we... now that makes a lot more sense. What do you need from an old wolf out in the middle of nowhere? It was the, the he, location of the... Well, he gave us... He already gave us... He let us through. He told us how to go to the... Yeah, like how to get in. So he fulfilled court. his part of the bargain, and now it's our turn. Yeah. Yeah. It is the autumn court. <coughs> it is the autumn court that we suck, and he gave us the information that we needed, told us the way to it, and so we are obliged to uphold our end of the bargain. As you would be with all fey creatures. I assume you know this. Very well aware of that now. At this point you see the white wolf sniff. (laughs) And it's investigating you guys. (laughs) And you see him look at Talek and start sniffing and then he looks up and you hear a sort of like a growling that sounds sort of like speech and you see her eyes widen a little bit and she looks metallic and she goes my pet tells me that you have the scent of the grim on you son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) um 
Would you care to explain? Making enemies. <laughs> the three of us oh, to say. have a great mission back home on the material plane. And Which this, extends to this plane this, as well. But the stag thought it was worthy to aid, his, aid us in his sponsorship. I have no qualms with the stag. He is one of the few fae who appreciate the balance of things. And of course, he is one of the few who know the truth. The, the truth? What truth do you speak of? <laughs> you see her smile, chuckle to herself. Mortals need not concern themselves with such things. Right. <laughs> they have no place in understanding it. If you don't mind me asking, um, back to what you said earlier, why, do you know why Oberon made the attempt on your life? Or if anyone of sent him? Of course I do. Oh. See, Oberon was at one point upon the Summer Queen Titania. He did everything she asked. He was part of the summer court there, and I'm sure she sent him to kill me. But I, of course, survived. One mere arrow of sunlight cannot fell the Ice Queen. I have heard he has since left the summer courts, not been there for some time. I assume he has taken refuge on the material plane. I would not know why. I have sent my knight many times to find him, but to no avail. Is she referring to the knight that's right there? Oh, okay, she didn't make any gesture. We can assume. Yeah, I just don't know if she like, made a <coughs> gesture or something. Um. Given that we are beholden to uphold our deal with Komonga, may I suggest a new punishment for him? You're suggesting a punishment for a being in which you promised to assist. If he was so easily bested by Oberon, we can believe that he would not be able to best him in the future. Am I correct in assuming this? Oberon is gone. I don't believe he'll return. So, if you want Kormonga banished, as you have banished him. Can we come to a deal where, on paper, you take him back into his service, into your service, to hunt Oberon? But given that Oberon is gone, you'll likely never see Kormonga again. I suddenly realize why I'm discussing the intricacies of my own punishments with three mortals. Again, I ask, why should I not add you to my collection? What use would we be to your collection? Are you not a collector of things? You see, every mortal is unique. They have their own desires, wishes, fears, hopes. To capture that is a beautiful thing. Great queen, if I might. It's <laughs> fucking scary. <laughs> Edwin raises his head slightly. You spoke on maintaining the natural order of things. Mm. Roll persuasion. But even fully so, I wanted to say that. Oh, God. As soon as me and you stop talking, um, we'll wait, roll immediately. Wait, <laughs> 22. Like, okay. 
<laughs> Our being here, as odd as it might sound, is to preserve the natural order of things, both in this plane and the next. You see, our reason for being here, although we are indebted um, to Kamunga, is to preserve the natural order of things. And adding us to your collection here would mm. surely lead down the path of disarray. My, in my experience, mortals, well, do not add to the balance of anything. That is true, but surely you must have sensed it. Greater beings, greater powers stir, even here. You see her lean in slightly, and you almost feel the throne looming over you. (laughs) She goes, of what do you speak? For example, the Autumn Court has already experienced effects, such as increased, uh, increased... Um, decay. Decay. Is increased, it, yes. um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Appearance. You see her look at the knight, and the knight stands up and walks past you guys, crunching the ice beneath. How tall is he? And he walks, he's about your height, okay. and he walks to the back of the room and stands in the doorway you guys came. Of course. And then she uh-huh. says, This is great. You understand my messengers have told me of three mortals prancing about the Feywild, spreading information about powerful things they're holding. Those three could not be you, could they? Gracious queen, we are but three um, meager mortals in your great presence. We only seek to uphold our bargain with Kamunga and leave as to keep this balance, although we are... If you do not tell me what balance you speak of, I will turn you to ice immediately. Edwin kind of exchanges a gaze between the two of them. Undeath, your grace. That is the unbalance of which we speak. So you are the three I've heard of. I suppose there's no going around it. Yes, I suppose the Grim has become involved in the blight of a Serac, has he not? That is why we are here. I don't... I, I mean, I, she knows clearly already. We yeah. have to tell her. Yeah. Please don't tell me what I've heard is true. That you have brought the masks into the Feywild. We... Unfortunately, there's nothing and no one we can trust them with but ourselves, but we're here on a specific task, and we shall leave. We shall tense up as we shall this, and <laughs> she raises her hand in the air and goes, You fools! <laughs> and you see, hear her voice, but also like a deeper voice overlaid under it. Oh, that's terrifying. And I- icicles begin to shake at the top. Edwin's going to lower the chamber. Your grace, will you seek to remove them from this plane? And you see her trying to, like, gain control of herself, and she goes, How could you be so foolish as to bring the masks of power into the Feywild? Do you not understand the forces that seek them? (coughs) The forces that seek them are I have members of my court who would turn against me in a second 
if Asera called upon them. Then I believe we have an ultimate goal between us here now, to remove these masks from this plane, remove our presence here by completing our mission. All the more reason to send us on our way. We are the You must return to the material plane soon. I assume Great. you've been told of the wild hunt. Great Queen, if Yes, I we may. have been told. Uh, Just let her talk. Let her talk. <laughs> Just let her talk. <laughs> then you know that the harvest of the moons is soon. Have we been told what that is? I don't remember. It's been a while. We, I think... That's when they can, that's when they can come, right? When the wild yeah. can come. Kumunga mentioned it guys, to us very briefly, um, I think. When you were with, in Kumunga's area, you could hear them in the distance. From the shadow, I'll right? ask. Yeah. Yes, how soon? You know of the Urkling? Urkling? Kumunga told you okay. a little bit about him. He's, he's the leader of the wild hunt. Oh, oh yes. 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 Yes, we are. Where? Mm. You have three days. Three times must the sun rise and then set until the veil between the Shadowfell and the Feywild is lowered, and then you will have no hope. The masks are not even safe here within my inner chamber. This leads us to where we're actually here, why we're here. We are here because the Grimm has told us of another mask lost in the Feywild, one that we did not bring ourselves, and we were sent here to collect it and remove it as fast as possible. So we have a very <coughs> common interest right now. So the faster we can get out of this court into the mask, the faster we can remove it. Persuasion. Check. Come on! Come on! 18. It's not that. It's not no whammies, it's no whammies, no whammies. Cash money, no whammies. You make a compelling argument. Most mortals who enter this room don't make it past their first sentence. But in order to know that you are telling the truth and that you will not betray me, as so many others have tried to do. I must need something of yours. Such as what? All I need are your names. <laughs> we have her name. Then I will know that you will not and cannot betray me. Can I insight check her, please? Can I also yeah, insight? Oh my oh god. Oh my god, I don't like this. It's cocked. I got net 20. Oh, oh yeah, a, you beautiful bastard. I got a 12. I got a 19. Um, I mean, she's she's being straightforward about why she wants your names, yeah. I think we have to do you it. Can assume, you can assume that there is some sort of other okay. information okay. she's not telling you, though. If we agree, will you allow Kamunga... It, not back into the service, but at least back into the Winter Court himself. Mm. So we can uphold our bargain and get out of the Feywild. You see her sort of struggling with the decision. It's the only way. Oral persuasion again. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Twelve. Damn it. Damn it. 
for all of your names and the ceasing of Kumongo's punishment, his banishment, I will assist you in getting the masks out of the Feywild. But if you misstep, you will adorn my walls, do you understand? Understood. I'm gonna the only reason you are not entombed as your escort here, and she gestures her long fingernails towards the Veladrin, is because you possess something as fate would intend for some foolish reason for three mortals to hold the key to the balance of this place, and by extent, the entire world. She shakes her head, sort of in disbelief a little bit. She's like, if that is how it must be, and if that is the only way, I will assist you. I'm going to uh, not like look, like, I'm not gonna like look her in the eye or anything, but I'm gonna raise my head a little bit, say, I'm Andrew Harbringer. You see Edwin can like, like shake for a moment. Edwin Dundragon. Yeah, a similar long sigh of regret. Talek Valisar. Oh, beautiful names. <laughs> and when you guys say your own names, you guys feel sort of yeah, like a feel, chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we feel. Yeah, I thought so. There she goes. Then I suppose there's some information you must understand if you are to succeed. You see, the Urkling is a Serac's greatest devotee in the Feywild. He can only enter the Feywild once on the Harvest Moon, but when he does, he decimates hundreds of fey creatures along his wake. The beasts of the Wild Hunt have been attuned to the scent of the masks. Ever since their forging, they will find you if you remain here. What direction need we be going? I assume the stag being a wise fae, gave you some sort of direction. He told us that our journey would end at the Jade Pond. She looks sort of puzzled for a second, and she goes, Jade Pond, I see. It lies on the outskirts of the Summer Court. I have a spy within their walls. I can arrange for a meeting, he can escort you there. And what of Titania? Titania. You see her sort of struggling to maintain calm at the mention of her name. Titania is ruled entirely by misguided emotion. She does not care for the balance of things. You see, winter must follow summer just as death must follow life. That is the law 
of everything, and Titania continually disrespects it. You see, she seeks to destroy me, to turn all of the Winter Court into summer lands, and recently we have lost a lot of territory. I regret to say we are in somewhat of a weakened state, and I fear we may not be able to withstand the invasion of the Wild Hunt. All the more reason for us to get the mask out of the Summer Court. Yes, I would agree. Titania does not know the truth. Do you... Do you think Titania would know about the mask? If it's in her court, if it's in her realm, do you think she could sense her, its presence? I would doubt it. Okay. She is blinded by her lust for life. The destruction of winter is all she seeks to do. I would suggest avoiding her entirely, thus it may complicate your venture. Where would you have us meet your spy? I suppose you got here through means of fairy dust? Yes. The same. You will enter the Summer Court in a similar way, though I can only send you to the border between summer and winter as these two regions are in direct conflict. You see her look up past you guys in the night, walks back towards the throne again, and she opens up her giant palm, and you see sort of sparkles collecting in the air, and begin to swirl, and you see ice grow into three shapes, and she hands them to the knight. Um, and then he walks over to you guys, and one by one he hands you each a plain silver circlet, and he hands you each a dagger made entirely of black ice. She goes, the weapons will protect you from Summer Fae in the event of an attack. The bracelets will disguise you as Summer Fae so that you will maybe pass without question. Again, you must understand, the only reason I am assisting you is because of what you possess. A Serac nearly crippled the Feywild and disrupted the balance. When he rose, I cannot allow it to happen again. We are ever grateful for your assistance. Y'all bow. We're As bad. you should be. My winter night will be keeping tabs on you in the material plane. As it shall be. She reaches up and plucks a white hair out of her head and extends her arm that actually like pretty much reaches you guys oh, as she reaches oh, out. That's terrifying. And she hands it to you. A hair from her golden head. Now she go. gave me three. <laughs> the warmth in your blood is soiling the air. Of course. Your grace. We shall make our leave. You mean we have dust, right? 
Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna turn it and hand the hair. Yeah, we'll just kind of all. It's gonna mix some, um, put hands together, do a one, two, three team, and then we're out of there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you see the court, and the last thing you guys see is the contorted Aladrin. <laughs> this was the kind of stress that I needed to start my uh, fall break with. Mm-hmm, there you go. And, and the job well done. Yay! We did it! We did it without dying. <laughs> you guys oh, I need to write something. <laughs> warp out. I'm really glad that we didn't try and strong armor by using her name. Yeah, that could have been bad. That would have been a dumb idea. I was actually really impressed by how smoothly that went. I am too. Yeah. Was, well, you guys rolled so good every time you rolled persuasion. <laughs> I can't believe Edwin rolled a high persuasion. Yeah, you rolled. Yeah, the lowest one was the twelve, but like the argument was so compelling itself. Like, also, it like, we were on our best behavior. <laughs> well, I expected you guys to not mention a Serac or the Master or anything, which was going to make your case extremely difficult. Yeah, we had to eventually. We, uh, we well, know when we're cornered. I think she probably already kind of knew, though. Oh, I think she knew. So hiding it from her would have just been, like, folly. Well, the wolf was just like, bitch. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what we're willing to do for this quest. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a dick full crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Eat ass, suck a dick, and sell drugs. Okay, so... In that order... <laughs> When you guys, immediately, almost as if you blinked, the air around you is much, much warmer. Uh, it almost feels like you jumped into a hot tub, the difference in the air. Um, oh, we are taking these clothes off fast. And blinking awake from this sort of transitioning state, you guys are immediately thrust into conflict. You guys can see that as you land, your feet are in grass that is lightly powdered with snow. Um, this is kind of what you see. Whoa. Sort of the merge between winter and summer. Um, a definite border where the mountains end and the snow stops and the grass begins. Um, the warm and the cold air are seemingly battling back and forth, continually gaining and losing ground on each other. Uh, and you guys are kind of in that middle zone in between the two. Um, I didn't believe these kingdoms to have a physical edge. And ahead of you, you can see a battle taking place between winter and summer fae. You can see a Lodron as well as multiple other creatures fighting on this border on what appears to be a fort very similar to the one you guys met the other two Eladrin on. Uh, and you guys are probably 50 feet away from it. Whoa! Um, and you can see the Winter Fae on the one side, on the side that you came from, firing arrows, throwing bolts of what appear to be lightning at each other, um, rushing into hand-to-hand combat, and you can see Summer Aladrin, from a distance, um, they're bright, 
colors, reds and greens covered in leaf, leaved cloaks. Their skin is warm and they're coming in throwing fireballs, um, shooting arrows, and also going into hand-to-hand combat. And you can see little creatures floating around in the air that you can't tell what they are from this distance, supporting them, and they sort of look like that. Sick. Um, and yeah, this battle is taking place. How do you guys react? Edwin is going to clasp that circlet around his wrist. Yeah, are we, what do we look like right now? Yourselves. Yeah, Unless I'm look, you put them on. Yeah, I'll put the circle Everyone's on. putting his on. Wait, wait, wait. Not yet. Oh, Not yeah, we need to get out of here. We, We're on the winter side right now. Does it? He doesn't put it on. Should we aid in this battle? Wait, well, how, what, how big are the forces here? Uh, you can see about two dozen on each side. Oh. It's a fairly small fight. Ooh. No, but you don't want to look like a summer fae on behind enemy lines. I know, yeah. So what if we helped... If we helped just... Win this battle for the Ice Queen, kill all the summer Aladrin, and then we can be the Aladrin ourselves and go in. <coughs> so there's no nothing to report back that there were three is strangers path, on the edge of their battle. Is there a path leading into the summer fort? I'm not sure that not that's how knowledge works in the favor direction of the battle. Yeah, you guys are on an open, I mean, an open landscape. This battle's happening just right there. Um, ahead of you guys, you can see the powder snow kind of melts and the grass becomes full and you can see forest. Why not forget the battle and continue about our mission? We have limited time now. That is You're right. That's exactly correct. what I'm thinking. We, that's, that's right. Let's get out of here. Yeah. We have a chance to disguise ourselves while these summer fae won't be looking at us. Yeah. Okay. Is anyone taking notice of us? Um, not that you know of. Edwin's going I don't to like that answer. Rot towards yeah. the forest. I don't like your tone. Yeah, I'm. I'm going towards the forest. Yeah, I'm trying to skirt around this battle. Yeah, same. Okay. Uh, you guys head on the periphery, and you can hear the clang of metal and the crack of bolts of lightning and fire and the screams of people fighting. Um, and as you guys are kind of running away into this fielded area with forest in the distance, um, you hear sort of a sound approaching. I look up and look around. Where is it coming from? Perception. Ah! 18. Elf. Elf. 11. Nat 20. Shit. Um, that dice is getting used a lot today. Enderil can see little creatures that he recognizes. Uh, he's only ever seen one, and it was being eaten by a big wolf when he saw it. <gasps> but you see three or four little pixies, um, smaller than gnomes, smaller than halflings, uh, <coughs> large pink butterfly wings, and they're carrying little short bows, and they're flying in your direction. Uh, these are summer fae, right? Yeah. Edwin's oh. going to throw the clasp on his <laughs> Can I see him doing that and stop him? Perception, I guess. Oh, Ed- Edwin's doing like, like a Ben 10, like, hit the, hit the watch, like... It's called the Omnitrix. <laughs> Whatever. 19. 
This uh, is bad. We don't want to do this, right? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, why know, are you so. asking me? I don't think we will. Oh, because you do. said we shouldn't do that behind the middle lines. And yeah, Summer Face, see us do this. We're kind of in the middle. I know, but... Okay, so I see it. Can I try and stop him? Yeah. Okay, I'll put my hand like where you're putting the bracelet, but not yet. No. Right. Okay. Just... I'm going to pull out the black ice dagger that I have been okay. given. They're flying, and you can hear them talking back and forth to each other as they're approaching. They're perceiving you. They don't see the dagger, uh, and they fly up, and they're like, Mortals! Mortals! And they, they look like sort of like 13-year-old girls, kind of. <laughs> they're small. Just more fucking 8th graders. <laughs> like, so many 8th graders here. <laughs> they're like, Mortals, do you need assistance from these evil winter fae? Yes, we were running from them now, actually. Come, we'll escort you I'm to gonna, the woods. I'm putting the dagger away. <laughs> Real quick. You have my thanks. <laughs> and they, what you see, one of them. These pixies are chill. One of them lands on the ground next to you guys and grabs your hand. Starts <laughs> running with you. And That's adorable. The three of them also like form up into like a triangle line above you guys and are like. It's my hand he's holding. I've decided this. <laughs> um, Fox is like. <laughs> wow, you can hear. He's helping an old man cross Approaching from behind you guys. Uh, you can see a winter Eladrin, armored. He's obviously a soldier. Uh, he's carrying a spear similar to the ones that escorted you before, and he's riding a polar bear. And he's running into the summer portion, and you can see the bear. It looks like it's really uncomfortable, and its hair is starting to fall out. I'm going to try and... the summer court. I'm going to try and... Uh, is, it, is it running after us or running into the? He's running after you guys. I'm gonna try and telepathy him. Will he allow he, it? He's sort of he's sort of going away from the battle. Okay. Um, no, he's repelling it. I didn't think so. Um, God, I want to try to communicate to him. If you chase us, try explaining yourself to the Ice Queen. I don't know. How to, so okay, where are the pixies in relation to like us and this world? Above you. Okay. If I were to, like, flash the dagger to him, would they see it? You don't really know. It's all, it's all how they roll perception. And yeah. roll stealth. Man, do I want to risk that? No. Dude, he's on a polar bear. And it's four pixies. I'd rather take my chances trying to kill four pixies than try to <coughs> kill a fucking a winter soldier and... Winter you soldier. guys gotta choose. It's, yeah. it's happening. I'm, I'm gonna flash my dagger. At him? At him. Okay. Uh, I guess roll stealth to not let the pixies see. You have d6 plus your, your thing, right? I do have a d6. That is correct. That's an 18. Um, I can inspiration. He sees the dagger, and you see him. I also like look him in the eye and just go. Okay, so you just turn around and like flash the dagger at him. I like turn. I have it like in like my whatever the fuck. Okay. So I just kind of like turn around, look him in the eye, and like lift okay. up whatever to show um, him. He matched your role exactly too, which is cool. So he sees the dagger, and you see him sort of pull up on the reins a little bit, and he just gives you a little nod. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! Oh, 
He turns the bear. He turns the bear around as the pixies are firing little arrows at him. One of them sticks into the rump of the bear and it doesn't even react. And then two more just miss it. And he runs back towards the the fortress where the battle's taking place. Thank you. You scared him off. They're like, yeah, they're high fiving each other (laughs) as they're they're going. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't have to kill these guys. I would have felt really bad about Uh, it. And they they (laughs) lead you. into the tree line, and the one holding your hand lets go um, and says, You guys wait here! We've got to return to the battle! And then they all form up back into their little line and fly back towards the battle. As soon as they do that, slap and yeah, slap, slap them. Like on, we're <laughs> Omnitrix, huh? And yeah. we don't exist anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, don't look, we don't look armored or anything. We just look like the regular peasants. So you guys can choose... Okay. What you want to look like? I want to be a peasant-looking, like a summer ladron, like just a, like a leaf, like leaf tunic. I nothing to. I want to look like a low-ranking soldier. Okay. Edwin, what color are you guys? Like orange? Or... I want to be. I want to be yellow. I want to be a burnt umber. Okay. Yeah, bright yellow for me. Edwin is also gonna look like a peasant. Get my um, wife. Get my wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But slightly older. <laughs> slightly aged, if you will. Sadly aged. Yeah, like... Slightly or sadly? Slightly. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool, so you guys slap on the r- bracelets and you become... Eladrin. <laughs> you don't feel any different, but looking at yourselves, you notice your skin is different colors and you're wearing different clothes. Uh, and you don't... You struggle to recognize each other at first... Um, and just as this happens, you guys see something shifting in the trees in front of you guys, and stepping out, you see something that looks sort of like this. A tree-like creature covered in vines, and it looks at the three of you and goes, Do any of us understand that? I speak Elvish, if that helps. Oh, yes! So Edwin has learned how to speak Elvish in his... Um, noble birth. Uh, it says, where's the site of the battle? Edwin's gonna turn and point to the way the, fi- the pixies ran off it and steps, say that way back in Elvish. It says, we agree you. And then lumbers past you and heads out into the field towards the battle and it just said, thank you, friend. That's pretty cool. This is pretty chill. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with the summer court so far. Um... Okay, cool. So they seem friendly. <laughs> heading into the forest, sort of away from oh, away from the battle, Sorry. you can hear the sounds of screams and stuff kind of dying in the distance. Um, this is a forest, not quite as spectacular looking as you would have guessed based on what you'd seen in the. Autumn Court, um, sort of the extremes of the Autumn and Winter Court. It's not really like that. It's almost, by a trick of the eye, something you could have seen on the material plane. Um, it's a beautiful forest, but nothing looks super otherworldly except the entire forest is sort of coated in this haze, sort of like a pinkish yellowish haze, almost like it's sort of like a dream-like state. 
that you're in, in this forest. Um, and it's making all of the colors become incredibly vivid. It's almost like it's, as if you took the saturation and like doubled it. So everything's bright and incredibly colorful and some of it almost hurts to look at because it's so bright. I must say I much prefer this planet. I agree. Well, it does strain the eyes. It doesn't strain the body nearly as much. And you guys feel almost intoxicated by the scent of flowers. It's like it's like almost as if a bouquet is being held under your nose. That's kind of. We must keep moving. But where do we? Can, I, can we like, see? Like, we don't know where we're going. Like, she didn't tell us where her spy was. That is. But she what said, I was wondering as well, where are we... She said the spy was within the walls. So is there a city we can see? <coughs> I believe that this contact will probably find us. Hmm. Can I see it? Is there a, any sign of civilization nearby? On a perception check. Edwin is going to, instead of looking for that, he's going to look for tracks. 19. Near them. Not from what you can see in the forest. Okay. Edwin is looking for tracks, be they like a horse path, like a goat path, horse path, some of those lines. Uh, I got a 12. Um, you do not see any paths. You do see lots of tracks, though. Um, immediately, the ones you recognize are rabbit, deer, um, bear, and also weirdly shaped feet that you don't recognize. How large are these feet? They vary from okay. the size of a small bird to a large horse. Well, gentlemen, to fit these new looks, I have your new names. I'm Kivik. You will be Farlov. Can you spell that for me? Yes. It's F-A with an umlaut, R-L- O with an umlaut, V. So F, A, umlaut, R, L, O, O. Oh, uh, wait, L, O. F, A, R, L, O, V. But the vowels have umlaut over them. So it's like fair, fair love, fair love. Is that you say? And you will be Vanas. V, A, N, N, A, S. Only both the A's have umlaut over them. And I'm Kivik. Okay, here we go. Right. Yes, you are named after Ikea sofas. <sighs> it's the best way to name D&D characters. I don't know how umlauts work in... Was it Swedish? It's Ikea Sweden? Is that Sweden? Mm-hmm. Is that Swedish? Yeah. Yes. So, I'm just gonna use the German pronunciation. I, I think umlauts work the same in every language. But, like, well, they're, like, they're diaries, diaries for, like, French. We're, like... It's but yeah, I think Interesting. In, the, in this usage, it looks like it works the same as German. I just thought we probably needed cover names. You're correct. Thank you. It uh, it might be best if I did the talking as well, seeing as how I speak Elvish. I went mute as a child. Somehow, I fell ill. Mm, yes. I'll just act very sheepish. Of course, yes. All right. So, where do we head to find this contact? Do they find us? 
She said that the contact was within the walls of the summer court, so perhaps it's in a city. We should probably leave this forest and go find civilization or something. We didn't cross the physical wall to get to where we are, did we? <coughs> what do you mean? Uh, what, that's what she said, right? She said that her spy was in the walls of the summer court. Yeah. Okay. And we didn't cross a physical wall to get... Yeah. Okay. So I guess we're going to go deeper into the summer court and try and find a wall. To try to make the summer court great again. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you guys travel for a long time. <laughs> Unlike before, though, where you were constantly battling the elements and uncomfortable and stuff, um, you guys feel incredibly comfortable here. It doesn't have the weird haze like the Autumn Court did. That undertone of threatening. It doesn't have the direct threatening uh, attitude that the Winter Court had. It's just pure summer relaxation, kind of. Um, so other than the conflict you saw there, there isn't much on the way um, as you're moving, but again, you don't really know where you're going. You pass all sorts of brightly mottled colored little rabbits hopping to and fro in the bushes. You see songbirds of every variety singing beautifully, almost as if they're singing actually composed songs together. Um, almost as if they're playing instruments together. Um, you pass hordes of, at one point, you, you pass a large grouping of trees with dozens of large beehives, and there are bees about the size of your fist flying around by the thousands, and a couple of them land on your shoulders and on your head, and none of them attack you. Um, you see hints of other humanoids, you see the flash of a pixie's wing, or sort of a hand wrapped around a tree of what appears to be an elogium, but you don't see directly any humanoids. Um, and you continue for, well, until it gets dark. Um, and the sun sets, and sort of night overtakes, uh, and it becomes dark, and you can see above you guys, the most brilliant starlit sky you've ever seen. Colors that you had not seen on the material plane, uh, swirling galaxies and nebulas above you guys, and the sounds change from birds calling and whatnot to, uh, well, the creatures of the night yapping and howling and chasing each other. Good question, so... When we bamfed to this court, so we had the ice mountains here, there was a field here, and there was a battle going on. Uh -huh. Were we led this way to a forest or down to a, to a forest? Just straight to a forest. Straight so down like or slightly. You were here yeah. in like a field, yeah. and up on the field there was the battle happening, yeah. and you guys just went straight okay. to a forest. Okay, so the forest was opposing the mountains. 
You're opposite. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. So you can see, like, still in the distance, the silhouette of the winter court, the <coughs> mountains. That's getting farther away. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So we're getting, we're heading into the court, which is good. I believe it's time for us to make camp for the night. I think you're right. I'm still beat up from that f- damn yeti, and I'll plop down, just start, just chilling. All right, fine love, fine us. I'll see you in the morning. It's gonna take a minute to get used to that. Kivik, you as well. Uh, yeah. Is there anything you guys like would like to do? Yeah, I will. Well, I will. As the sun sets, does it get colder? Like, do, will we even need a fire to stay warm? Yeah, no, so it's very comfortable even right. when it's night. Then, you know, I'll just set up my bedroll and I don't sleep, so I'll just lay down, read, Edwin, my, read my tome, and stay on watch. Yeah, Edwin will, <clears throat> before settling in for bed on his bedroll, he's going to take out his um, tome of Abba that he has, and he's going to reread text and try and get a better connection with his deity. I love that chinchilla drawing up there. Thank you. It's adorable. I got it from one of the students at Ringling. It's like a three dollar commission. Also examine the ice dagger. Oh, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, you're examining the ice tiger. Roll me investigation. Also, you roll me religion. Son of a bitch. Twelve. Natural one for me. Um, holding it hurts your hands. Like, it stings. It's so cold. I'll put it back. Even putting it in your pocket, you can feel the cold burning through your clothes a little bit. Is my, is my leg still fucked up? Yeah. What happened to your leg? Well, it does not now, like, because you're a a summer fay, like it doesn't look like okay. Okay, but I can feel it though, right? Yeah. Is it, is, when, okay. When you're in your normal. This form, is an important distinction. Are these illusions or is this an altercation? These alteration. Are, these are illusions. Okay, thank you. So if I had touched around my body, I could still feel the plate armor. No, I mean it's you. You aren't physically <coughs> changed per se, but like, like it, the illusion extends to physical. Touch oh. too. Okay. <clears throat> gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, so I got a 12 of my religion roll. Okay. So, like, your body did not actually change physically. It didn't morph or anything. Okay. The illusion just extends to all your senses. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you get? 12. Um, so, I don't know how much you've been reading, but this book is not endless. <laughs> like, it has a limited amount of text. So are you just communing with it or trying to learn new stuff or what? Uh, he's more rereading it to hone what he's learned and then commune with okay. it. Are you trying to talk or anything? Or? Uh, just try to get a, a, like a general like sense if like he can feel um, the connection. You feel it slightly muddled compared to usual, but it's there. You can feel the connection. Okay. Um, anything you would like to do, Andrea? Uh, yeah, sleep. Okay. Um, I, I do want to, right quick before I do sleep, I'm going to do what I do every night before I go to sleep, which is I'm going to survey the sky to see if I see a storm cloud. 
And then if I don't, I'm gonna go to sleep. Looking at this guy, it is clear. There's not a single star block. And then I'm going to bed. Okay. Sleep. Yeah. We're sleepy boys. Okay. Awake. Awake boy <laughs> all the time. You see a number of bright orange fireflies kind of floating over your vicinity. Mm. How big is it? Mm. Normal size. I'll see if it'll land on my fingers. Just illuminating. Roll animal handling. Sure. That's not bad. 18. Mm-hmm. It's attracted to the perch. Yes. It lands on your hand. That's a nice and tender sort of, moment. Sort of just crawling around in your hand and weirdly enough, with corresponding with the pulses of its bet, you feel actual warmth. That's cool. Pulsing on your hand. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, I'm just trying to kind of get more in touch with the natural side of the world now that I'm uh, more like a nature boy. So I'm just kind of trying to enjoy an experience. And also in a place where you can enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so when you're, when you're communing with this, <laughs> this lightning bug, or firefly, yeah. I mean, um, you hear a voice directly behind you, like five feet behind you. Whoa! Um, and it goes, looks as if you've caught a star, friend. No fucking way. It, is it, I turn is around. It is going to, huh? No way. I turn like around up. and look. What do I see? You see not Oberon. What? You see <laughs> overjoyed as what you thought was Oberon. Um, you see a centaur. Okay, I'm not as disappointed as that's I could have been. That's really cool. Um, standing is he over a hot you, centaur? Standing over you, he appears to be middle-aged. He's extremely buff. He's wearing no clothes. Um, he's His his back is dark brown, uh, meaning his horse half. Yeah. Um, and he's got a long um, hip-length brown hair that's sort of twisted and curled and braided. What only his horse half can be dark brown. We can't have like non-white people. He's this. got a full beard. Um, can I just uh, do? And he's just and he's just holding what appears to be like a branch of a tree in his hand. Can I just like when I when I turn to see him, can I just make like a split like snap judgment inside check? Yeah. It's just, it's this guy seems dope as hell. I know. Bunk. Eighteen. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you could insight. Threat- is he? He's not. He, no, it appears he's not a threatening presence. Okay. Does he seem as okay. dope as hell as we all think he is? Yeah. Um, and he goes, "Could I have a hold?" Uh, certainly, and I'll pass it over. My finger. Carter sort of steps out of the dark, and you can see more of his features as with every pulse as the firefly gets closer to him, and he holds it and he cups it to his mouth, and he. Whispers to it. As he's doing this, I'll take a pebble and throw it. You're awake, right? Uh, yeah. The voice the bed, I'll throw a pebble at you softly to wake you up. <laughs> and uh-huh. he lets it go. And <coughs> flies off and he goes, <coughs> It's always a joy to see a star in physical form. Is that, is that how those work here? What, what do you mean? Edwin's going to kind of hit him on the shoulder. Give my friend. He hasn't slept in a few days. Oh, Don't mind falling I... off there. He's he's tired. Uh, yes. Bitch, I forgot. They're <laughs> out every night. I thought you would have would have seen them before. 
He has. It, we've just kind of had a long oh, night. Don't tell me you've been cooped up in the castle your entire life. <laughs> we try to get out, but we don't get to go on these camping trips very often. Yes. Well, you see, I live my life out here in the wilderness, and it is a joy looking to the stars every night. And you see him look up into the sky, and he reaches up to a star, and he pinches it, and pulls it down, and you see a little firefly in his hand. Fuck. So he just Doctor Strange to that. Yeah. That's and he cool. goes, would you like to hold? They're quite warm. Of course. I'm now holding a star in my hand. Fox feels a tiny part of his heart that hasn't felt warmth in a long time. Whoa! <laughs> you know, they say if you wish upon a physical star and send it back to the sky, it will watch over you and make sure your wish comes true. Uh, so... Fox is going, and Andrew is going. I like how just unfazed you are. <laughs> you guys are by the centaur. Mine is like still kind of wide eyed. I'm at so it. trying to act normal. Uh, Andrew is going. Because well, you guys are summer fae right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I almost blew that. That's my bad. Dude, I, I'm on the pickup here. This yeah, is, I forgot. This is the stuff I'm good at. Andrew is going to uh, like cup his hands, just kind of like he didn't see the centaur do because he was asleep. Um, He's going to cup his hands over the star and whisper into it and let it go. Uh, he's going to whisper, uh, may my sons be safe. And let it go. <gasps> oh, tender moment. And it flies away and you see it fly off into the sky and then you can't really tell the moment at which it's not a firefly and it is a star anymore, but at some point. It's in the night sky again. Well, I, I didn't mean to intrude. I suppose I sh should leave you to rest. Oh, please. I forget the summer fair are not nocturnal like the rest of us out here. Please, you you can sit and talk with us for a little bit if you like. Who are you, friend? I'd love some conversation. And he steps forward and you see him sit down like a horse, his front legs go <laughs> And then he cups his hands together and puts them down. That's adorable. Uh, and sets his stick next to him. Who are you, friend? Kulosh. Kulosh. Lovely to meet you. I'm Kivik. Kivik. A fine summer fay name. I've heard it many times before. And you? Uh, I am called Vanas. Oh, Vanas. Uh, fair love. Fair love. Well, it's nice to meet you all. I must say I've not seen many of you out here for some time. I know Titania's been sending you off to the front in droves recently. It is where we are coming back from. I see. I take it you saw much combat. More than we would have liked. Not a man. I hear the Winter Court is taking much ground against us. Is this true? I've heard it both ways, honestly. Both ways. That we are gaining ground, that they are gaining ground. Yes, it's, it's, it's a constant ebb and flow is what he means to say. I see. Well, I... Uh, me and my brother, we, we sought to lend our services to Titania, but I, I found it hard to give up the peaceful way of life of the centaur, so... You have a brother? Yes. Oh. I have many. Lovely. Where, where is he? Are you, if you're alone here? Uh, off 
frolicking in the wilderness, I suppose. <laughs> we see each other once every ten years or so. Oh, mm. that's that's lovely. Hmm. So, when was the last time you saw him? Uh, ten years ago, I believe. Well, due for another appointment, I suppose. Yes. Maybe tonight, I wonder. <laughs> is it, is it, do you just kind of run into each other? It's not a planned meeting? No. That's oh. how all centaur relationships work. Is kind of go off on our own once we get the chance, and if we run into each other, it's a joyous celebration. Oh. It's very nice. Well, we welcome your company here tonight. So uh, I see that you're a soldier, but what of you two? What are you doing? Doing what were you doing on the front as civilians? These are my brothers. Uh, I understand, but they're not soldiers. How were they allowed to enter the front? Uh, to, to be fair, Kivik here is the better one with the weapons. Father and I are more of poets, if you will. Uh, oh, men, of, men of men of speech. You doofus. <laughs> well. Oh I am Farlov here. Thank God. Vanas Farlov is, is the pack mule, you say. Correct. Edwin's gonna, produce, Edwin's gonna produce his lute from his things. Vanas. Try playing me a song. He's gonna do 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 and string it for a second. Vanas here would not shut his mouth about wanting to see the front to write a, to write a ballad, an epic about the war that is going on. I see. And so, of course, I don't trust anyone but my brother Kivik to take us there. So, of course, I had to bring him. Mm. Well, I hope a captain did not find out. I assume that would not have gone down well. They're kind of busy, so it's been... It hasn't been too difficult. Yes, as I'd assume. Well, play me a, play me a song. Edwin is going to uh, recall himself for a moment and begin to play the song. He's going to string the same pattern that Omar taught him to do so long ago mm. in the back of that wagon cart. Okay. He's gonna hum along with it, but no words yet. Okay. You play some material playing lute music. Um, let's see. Omar ballad. And he goes, I've never heard such music before. What did you learn? Well, as you probably have surmised, he's going to keep strumming as he talks, the three of us travel a decent amount, come across people, and found ourselves in front of uh, an odd fellow who taught me this quite some time ago, actually. Oh. Quite pleasant. Quite brutish, but pleasant at the same time. I find it to be different than the normal. It's refreshing. It is. I must say, it's, it's a fairly different tune than I've heard before. It's, well, it makes me want to dance. <laughs> By all means. Start shaking his hands. And he, he doesn't get up, but he's just moving his hands side to side. It's <laughs> <laughs> lovely. I love everything about this guy. <laughs> Tell me a poem as you play. So, poet. Um, 
my talents lie more in the musical side of things. No, Vanessa, there was one that you wrote. Let me see if I can recall it. Oh, yes. Something about... Oh, it was about the Queen. I remember it was. What... What light through yonder window breaks? It is the east in Titania's The Sun, I believe it was. Ah, yes. One of my first ones, actually. What is east? You see, that's something we learned a while back on our travels. On the material plane, the sun rises in the east. What is the east? It is a direction, just as I point that direction. There's one direction and there's another. They have these stagnant directions. Always point in the same way. I don't quite understand. It's it is strange, of, It is of little consequence. But Vanus... Real beings are strange, are they not? <laughs> <laughs> Vanus, in writing this poem, believed that it, it gave way to the ethereal nature of a queen. I wonder why they put you on the front lines. You seem to be quite a scholar. You should be in the kingdom, helping the queen. Oh, it is a shame, but we have our duties, do we not? We do. We do. (coughs) (laughs) And as Edwin finishes his song, um, you guys hear rustling in the branches, and emerging out of the forest line, you see another centaur appear. What? <laughs> and Kulash turns and looks and he goes, Brother? <laughs> and the other centaur goes, Brother! <laughs> and he, they stand up and gallop towards each other and embrace, and he goes, These are my friends! Introduce yourselves! Hello, I'm Kivik, this is Vanas, and this is Fo- uh, Fola. Edwin's gonna the, the brother give one of these kind of bows. Looks much younger. He looks like he's like 18. He's clean shaven. <laughs> still has long hair though. Um, and he gives you guys a silent wave. And he goes, "I suppose you weren't heading back to the castle anytime soon." That is actually the direction that we are headed now. Well, uh, my brother always likes, and he wraps his arm around to take a, a ride around the periphery of the castle uh, when the stars are out. You, we could tag you along, take you there. If you wouldn't mind, it'd be a pleasure. That would be splendid. It would be our honor. Of course. And then they both trot up to you guys and kneel down. This is so cool. <laughs> Weirdest thing we've done so far. <laughs> I get up there. Which one do you get on? I get on the older one. Kulash? Yeah. What was the younger one's name? You don't know. Yeah. Edwin is going to get on the younger one. Okay. I am also going to get on Kolosh. Okay, cool. Yeah, Kolosh is a little bit bigger, so that works. Yeah. And you're heavy. You're heavy, <laughs> heavy boy. Yeah. Uh, you hear him strain a little bit when you get on. Kolosh goes, off, brother! And they begin to gallop out of the little pasture that you guys are in, and you guys take flight into the night. Sky not actually flying. Okay. Uh, you're just galloping 
through the forest and it takes the brother a long time to gather up enough speed to get you moving but once he has the momentum you're good uh, and you guys ride side by side sort of hopping over overturned logs jumping over large boulders kind of shifting in and out of each other's paths uh, moving through the forest they take you out of the forest and over open plains where as far as you can see in every direction is just wisping green grass. They take you over hills, mountains past giant waterfalls. Um, over the river and through the woods? Yes. And to grandmother's house we go? The entire time you guys are moving, the area gets a little bit more... Uh, drastic in its changes in topography. There are super tall, thin structures, rocks, um, that dig down into deeper little valleys filled with grass. Uh, and the trees become less and less dense and it becomes more of like a field or garden look to it as you keep heading through. Um, and as the sun rises, you don't really know how far you've traveled or where you've gone. Um, I don't know what conversations you would have had along the way. But when the sun rises, um, they stop out of breath, both of the brothers. Um, and they say, Well, that was the ride. We thank you greatly. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Me and my brother are off to, well, make up on some lost time. And they look at each other. Let me know if I can ever give you a ride back home again. It was enjoyable. It was nice to see such well-traveled Eladrin that knew so much about the material plane. Perhaps we'll see you in another decade. Perhaps. Perhaps. Ooh. And then he turns and they ride off together. Can we take a break for a bit? Yeah. Yes, dude. And this is what you guys see. That's cool. So Ooh, it's pretty. Summer it's area, so cool. and then in the distance... A castle. Okay. Before we take a break, I'm gonna say, unfortunately, we did not rest, and we still need to do that because we're gonna get tired and exhausted. Well, those if we don't. two did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You got a rest. Oh. You got, you got a little rest. Oh, short or long? Long. I mean, it was. Oh, I thought like, like they went to bed, and I was just like, like for like five minutes, and I just looked and did no, this, I mean, and was, then like they were like, hey. It was like, yeah. Okay. Right.